welcome back to the Star's Turn, Cosmos and Cards. I am your host, Jay, and I am so glad that you are joining me. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you're all doing amazing. I hope you've had a fabulous Leo season. We've only got about half a week left of Leo season. It's wild to think about. Uh, I I do love Virgo season, though, so I am looking forward to that as well. But Leo season just has such a special place in my heart, and so I hope it's been wonderful for you as well. On this episode, I'm going to dive into the Mars in Gemini transit, which is kind of a big deal. Mars is going to be in Gemini for like seven months, which is because of the retrograde cycle that we have coming up in Gemini. Uh, So that's, you know, Mars typically spends about six weeks in a sign. So seven months is a fuckload of time and it deserves talking about. But before we get into that, I do want to just briefly discuss Venus in Leo trying Jupiter in Aries, which is happening on August 18th at eight degrees of both signs, because this is just such a beautiful aspect. And if you're listening to this when the episode comes out or on August 18th uh, or within kind of like, you know, 24, 48 hours of that aspect, take advantage. It's just there's so much warmth and uplifting and inspirational energy in the air because Venus and Jupiter are the benefic planets. They are the planets of abundance and joy and ease and positivity. And they're coming together under the trine aspect, which is just such a, it's such an auspicious and positive aspect. So, you know, it doesn't mean that this is going to be a day when like all of your dreams and all of your wishes come true, but it could just mean that it's a day full of like beautiful, pleasant encounters, or, you know, you you put yourself out on a limb, you take a risk, and it really, really pays off. Even if you just put yourself out there a little bit, the payback can be pretty big. There's just, a, especially because both planets are in fire signs, the inspirational uplifting qualities are that much more magnified. There's this energy of like, well, there's a daring quality. There's a luck to everything. There's a confidence that we can take advantage of. And so that's why I mean, you know, taking that risk or putting yourself out there can really pay off because the energy is working in your favor. And there's just a lot of abundance. So with Jupiter involved and then it being a trine, which is an aspect of the nature of Jupiter, there's just so much abundance on offer. And again, it doesn't mean that all of a sudden you're going to be you know, living your craziest, wildest, most beautiful financial abundance dreams. But it could, it could signal some sort of financial abundance, but it could also signal some sort of uh, health or vitality abundance or an abundance of making great connections with people. You really want to look to where Leo and Aries are in your chart because that can help to Um, narrow down like where this abundance might be coming through. So let's say you had Leo in the 11th house of friendships. Maybe it's just that you're really feeling that abundance within your connections and your networks. And maybe there's something that you're feeling really generous about in that area of life. Or maybe your friends and your networks, there's something, there's some piece of generosity coming through from them for you. 
Or let's say it's, um, let's say Jupiter is in Aries in your fourth house right now. So maybe there's something to do with your home or your living situation or your family that creates some, some sort of abundance within your life. It's just such a beautiful energy. I'm super excited for this aspect. It's one of the nicest aspects of August. And if we want to look to the tarot cards that this would be associated with, Venus in Leo at eight degrees would be the five of wands and Jupiter in Aries at eight degrees would be the two of wands. And I know some people get a little scared with the five of wands. It feels a little combative, but let's reframe that and look at it in terms of it being a really playful energy. Like what if those five figures, at least when we're looking at the Smith-Waite depiction, are just having a really good time and maybe things are getting a little messy and a little chaotic, but really it's just a fun energy overall. And, and you know, it's it doesn't always have to be that conflicting, combative energy. Sometimes it definitely is. But I think when mixed with and, and looked at through the lens of this Venus and Leo trying Jupiter and Aries, and then especially with the two of wands being paired with it, it feels very playful and messy. And maybe it's kind of a collaborative energy where like coming together with a bunch of different people and just throwing ideas out there and having a fun brainstorming session, all of a sudden that leads to a, a huge optimism and enthusiasm for the future and, and your planning and your goals, right, that we kind of see in the two of wands. I, I'm I'm sure you can tell I'm just super excited about this aspect. I think it has a lot of positive potential, and I really hope that you all get to take advantage of it and that something beautiful comes of it. And you know what? Even if it's just that you're out for a walk and you just see the most beautiful flowers and then you have a really nice conversation with somebody and it's just a, a really nice sunny day. It's not too hot. It's not cold. You know, that is that kind of energy. And if you can just kind of sink into the moment and really enjoy that, I think that's just really beautiful. So that is Venus and Leo trying Jupiter and Aries. And now let's get into the main event, Mars in Gemini. This is the start of a seven-month chapter. Mars will move into Gemini on August 20th. And it will be there until pretty much the end of March 2023. So like I said, big deal. Firstly, I guess I should say that Mars moving into Gemini is a technical improvement for our Taurus house topics and relationships. Uh, those topics and relationships will get some relief from the heat and frustration and disruptions and agitations that Mars was bringing to that area of our lives. And it's also going to start reducing the kind of tension and inflammation that it's been bringing to Uranus and the North Node over in Taurus and Saturn in Aquarius. Because when Mars is in Taurus, it was, you know, squaring off against Saturn, as well as adding to this kind of co-presence chaos with Uranus and the North Node. So moving into Gemini, it eases things up in the Taurus area and kind of also brings some ease to fixed signs that are already going through a lot with Saturn in Aquarius, Uranus and North Node in Taurus, and the South Node over in Scorpio. So that is a big positive for sure. And also Mars doesn't love being in Taurus. It's the sign of its detriment. So getting out of there is a technical 
improvement for sure. It's also going to be moving into a trine position with Saturn and a sextile with Jupiter. And the trine and the sextile are both very positive, very auspicious aspects. So that does kind of help to bring some positivity to Mars and the planets that it will be interacting with. We are going to hit some trouble a bit later because, as I mentioned, Mars will hit a retrograde cycle once uh, once in Gemini. That's why it's staying there for so long because as Mars approaches its retrograde cycle, it begins to slow down. And then as it moves through its retrograde cycle, it's moving very, very slowly. And then still, once it's coming out, it still takes a little bit to find its footing as it's moving forward again. So that's why we have this really long extended period of Mars in Gemini. But I want to say that This is not our first rodeo with Mars and Gemini. Uh, The last time Mars was in Gemini was in March and April of 2021. It wasn't going through any retrograde cycles, but we have experienced that as well in the past. So we've all been here before. And I think it's kind of interesting because we've had some recent retrograde planets in Gemini as well. So we had a Venus retrograde in Gemini in 2020. We had a Mercury retrograde in Gemini in 2021. So that area of our chart and of our lives has been undergoing some added emphasis over the past few years. So there might be a sense of like, okay, this again. Okay, this is what we're doing. And yes, it's going to have a different flavor. It's going to have a different impact because it's Mars, not Venus or Mercury, But because it is interacting and activating the same house and the same house topics and relationships, I think that we are going to be able to be like, okay, I I kind of have an idea of what's happening here. And we might be able to find the swing of things and navigate what's happening a little quicker or a little easier, perhaps, right? Point being... This isn't something new or something we've never done before. You know, it's definitely, we've got a different configuration of planets. That's for sure. You know, like Saturn being in Aquarius, that only happens every 30 years. Jupiter being in Aries, that only happens every 12 years. So every time Mars goes through Gemini, there's always a different set of circumstances surrounding it within the cosmos. But it's not completely foreign to us either. So I just want to put that out there because wherever Mars goes, it does tend to bring challenges and frustration and disruptions and agitations because it's a malefic planet. It's not It's not Venus or Jupiter. It's not easeful or abundant. It's a little bit more difficult. It's a little tricky. It's a little spiky. It can bring inflammation and tension Mars is the planet of war. Mars likes to sever and separate. It is, you know, Mars could be represented by a knife. And a knife can really go both ways. Well, it can go more than two ways, but let's look at two ways here. Mars could be a knife that's used to attack, but Mars could also be a scalpel that is used for surgery to save a life right? But that surgery is still invasive and it's still not the most pleasant thing, right? It's not like taking a bath with some lovely rose petals or something in in terms of that kind of healing. So 
Mars is tricky. It's spiky. It's spicy. I would highly recommend listening to the August 2022 forecast from the Astrology Podcast. They talked about Mars moving through Gemini in such an interesting way. Uh, They referenced The Hot Ones, I think it's called, that show where people are interviewed and they have to eat progressively spicier hot peppers. And they kind of um, kind of made connections between that and this Mars transit because it's going to go on for so long. And so it's like, you know, when Mars initially moves into Gemini, we're going to feel a bit of that spiciness and we might go, oh, that's kind of a nice kick. That's got a nice heat. It's got a nice flavor. But the longer it goes on, it's like, holy shit. Okay. I don't know how much more of this spice I can take. And that said, we all have our different tolerances for spices, right? And this is more of what they talked about and the way that they made sense of it made so much sense to me. I have a very low tolerance for spice. And I think that actually does translate to my own personal placement of Mars in Libra because Mars is in detriment in Libra. And so I don't know, maybe that does impact my spice tolerance. And then I look at somebody like my partner, Tyler, who has Mars in Leo, Mars in a fire sign, which it's not one of Mars's home signs. It's not where Mars is exalted or anything like that, but it's Mars in a fire sign, which feels kind of like that works. Like that just seems to flow nicely to me. And he fucking loves spice, but he's also got so many placements in Leo. Like he's just, he is a fire sign through and through. So point being, we are all going to have our own level of tolerance for the spice that Mars can bring. And I think because Mars is moving through an air sign, it's going to be in Gemini. It's a really, really important time to take extra special care of our mental health and our nervous systems because it's really bringing the spice to the mental realm. And so I think burnout in terms of our mental energy and our energy overall, our energy levels overall, honestly, but I think especially in terms of mental health and nervous system health, burnout is really quite a possibility. So I think it'll be important that we take extra steps to find things that soothe us, to have good outlets, like whether it's going to therapy or, you know, journaling. Um, This podcast is obviously not a replacement for any kind of mental health services. And I think that we all need to take mental health into our own hands and figure out what works best for us. Gemini rules the hands. And so... I think maybe finding activities that use the hand so that we can channel that excess energy out into something, especially because Mars loves to produce something that has a tangible result. And that is extra difficult in an air sign because ideas and communication aren't really tangible, right? Like they're real and they exist, but you can't really touch them or use them in a practical, earthly way. So using that excess energy or that excess, um, even anxiety or nervous tension or whatever it might be, to just like put your hands in some dough and make some bread or do some gardening or whatever it might be just to kind of channel that into something else. I think that could be really, really helpful. 
Deep breathing would would also probably be very helpful. Gemini rules the lungs as well because Gemini is the sign of the twins. It kind of rules over these parts of our bodies where we have two or like a, a splitting or a mirror image of sorts. So deep breathing would also probably be very, very helpful. Mars tends to speed things up wherever it goes. Like Mars likes to get shit done and get shit done now. And Gemini is already a really fast multitasking here, there, and everywhere sign. So it's just like, it's a lot. It's going to be a lot. And people that know me know I typically have a hard time with Gemini season in general. So Mars moving into Gemini, ooh boy. Ooh boy. But I'm preparing myself now. And I'm putting things into place now that I know will be beneficial for me during this seven-month transit, right? So I know that I need to be I know that I need to take extra time to rest. I know that I need to take extra time for breathing. I know that even though I'm going to want to do all of the things that are Gemini related, like probably a lot of podcasting or just having a lot of conversations, being on social media a lot, I know that I'm going to have to temper my Marsy like drive and insatiable like hunger for getting stuff done in that realm of life with resting and chilling the fuck out and breathing and doing something productive in a different way. That burnout might also come because, you know, as I just said, Gemini is the sign of the twins. It represents things that are kind of split and it's a mutable sign. Mutable signs represent things that are multiple. And so Mars and Gemini, Mars being our energy, our energy can get really scattered and we can really lack focus. And we might feel like multitasking is just the bee's fucking knees, but I think burnout comes a lot quicker. So again, we just have to temper ourselves. We're trying to split our attention or divide our energies too much and we just need to be aware of how much we are splitting ourselves in order to accomplish what? Being tired quicker? And of course, mileage will vary as always, right? I think about people that have a lot of mutable energy in their chart who are probably, you know, it'll still be impactful, but they're used to this kind of multitasking and doing a bunch of different things all at once. And then I think about people that have more fixed energy like me or even cardinal energy. And it's like, it's a lot. It's just a lot for people to take in. And I know that in the past, a lot of mutable energy has brought like when we're in, uh, let's say, Gemini season and then Mercury is also there and, and whatever else is going on. Point being, I have noticed that it brings me these experiences where I feel like my body, mind, spirit are being severed. It's like I'm fractured in a way. And, you know, the last time I really remember this happening was when I had started to do projects with other people. So I used to be very solitary, you know, doing my own podcast, writing for myself, uh, a solitary tarot reader, all that kind of stuff. And then I started, and then I, you know, uh, Mel's came to Damn Fine TV, and then I started Tarot Coven, and I started collaborating with more people that I had met through social media. And for a while, it was like, there are just parts of me everywhere. 
And I was not used to being so open and spread out in that way. And it was really difficult. But when I got through it, I became more whole, if that makes any sense. Like, it was like I had to go through this splitting process in order to find the new sense of who Jasmine was. And it just took that process to get there. I'm not saying that that's going to happen with everybody, but that's what I've noted in times when there's been an emphasis on mutable or and even air energy, honestly. I was taking a look back into, sometimes I'll go through my photo albums or I'll go into the stories archive on Instagram uh, to see what was happening the last time that a particular transit was going on just to see. And again, like it's always going to be different because planets are in different places. But I just thought I would take a look and see what was happening. And it was like, I was so fucking busy the last time Mars was in Gemini. And I could see I was on social media a lot. And I think that's kind of interesting because Gemini would also represent things like social media. You know, Aquarius is kind of the internet, but social, uh, but Gemini really being that social communicative, like um, more everyday type of sign really would recommend or really would represent social media. And so I think there's a potential that we're going to have, we're going to be putting a lot of our energy towards things like that. And maybe like, social media, but also your social circles in real life, you know, putting energy towards that networking and that communication. And I think we should also be very careful because, again, Mars being the planet of war, is this like we're going to be mean to each other on social media or there's going to be like attacks on social media? I don't know, maybe hackers, like let's look out for stuff like that. Words as weapons is definitely a Mars and Gemini kind of thing or a Mars and Mercury kind of thing. But then again, it might mean that we're able to use our words and communication in a very strategic way. We we might be giving or receiving very inspiring speeches, but that mixture of the heat and the inflammation and the aggravation from Mars with Gemini, such a communicative sign and an air sign, it, again, words as weapons. So we should definitely watch what we're saying as well. And then another combination we might see with Gemini, you know, being ruled by Mercury and so being a representative of facts and data and information And then Mars being, you know, our energy and our motivation and the thing that pushes us to take action, I think we're going to be quite motivated by facts and data and new information. So researching and understanding something can help us take that action. Ideas can be turned into actions So the way that we're being fueled during this transit really is through those more intellectual pursuits. So like I already said, research, but having the conversations, brainstorming with people, the networking, that's what's helping us put our goals into action. There's this real emphasis on information and and new inputs. We are solving problems through our intellect. So there is a lot to be excited about 
there is, you know, a definite reason to be cautious and to pay attention to our energy, as I have already outlined. It's definitely a chance to really dig in to the Gemini area of our lives and get more done there, right? Like, yes, there's that possibility of burnout, but we do have a long time. So if we can figure out how to sustain that energy, which will be difficult, but we'll be able to in certain ways and shapes and forms and complications will be a thing, but that's life, right? So it's it's going to be a really good time to get to know the Gemini part of your chart through the lens of Mars. And of course, since Mercury rules over Gemini, we'll want to be looking to what Mercury is up to during these seven months. And Mercury is going to be in about seven different signs during this time, some more helpful than others. And it will also go through its own retrograde during that time. So the flavor and the spice level is going to be changing as we go through this. And Mars's retrograde will also change the ratio on flavor and spice as we move through it. So there's going to be a lot to learn. It's not just going to be the same issue the whole time. There will be ebbs and flows and stops and starts. So there's going to be times when we're really enjoying the level of spice and it's giving us that the right kind of kick and the right kind of motivation. And then there's going to be times when it's like, okay, we're sweating through our clothes and we just got to take a break. We got to cool off. If we want to look to the tarot cards that are associated with Gemini, at least in terms of the actual decans of Gemini, we've got the eight of swords, the nine of swords, and the 10 of swords. We can also look to the lovers which is Gemini, uh, the magician, which is Mercury, its ruler. And then we could also look to the tower, which is Mars. So if you wanted to play around with those three major arcanas and these three minor arcanas, it might be an interesting deep dive over the next seven months to just kind of keep your eye on those cards, see how they're coming up for you. I also thought maybe a fun tarot spread-ish type thing would be to pull out the eight, nine, and ten of swords And then to pull kind of like a clarifier for each of those cards. So, you know, you'd have the 8, 9, and 10 kind of already out as quote-unquote signifiers. And then you'd pull a card for each just kind of saying like, what can I know or what do I need to know about this part of Gemini, this part of Gemini, this part of Gemini? Because what's interesting too is that the retrograde is actually going to happen in all of the decans. So it's not even like we're revisiting one section of Gemini. We're kind of revisiting the entire sign. So again, it's like a really, if nothing else, it is an opportunity to really get to know Gemini. So then I thought you could do it for every month. So you could do it for August, September, October, et cetera, et cetera. Or you could do it every time Mercury changes signs. Or you could do, you know, one now while Mars is moving direct, then another set later for the retrograde period, and then another set when Mars moves direct again, right? So you'd have one card to guide you with the Eight of Swords, another card to guide you with the Nine, and then another card to guide you with the Ten. I'm going to give it a try. I think I'm going to do it for, hmm, I don't know. Maybe once every month for now, and then we'll see what happens. But 
Let me know if you give it a try. I would love to know if it brings you any insight or if it's helpful or if you have other suggestions for a good tarot spread for Mars and Gemini. I don't often do, like I might do a one card pull every time a planet moves into a sign, but I don't usually do like a full spread in this way. I just thought because it's a seven month chapter, which is, you know, it's not super, super rare. It's like a two, every two year occurrence, but it's still, it's not happening three times a year like Mercury retrograde, right? So I thought this would be fun, quote unquote, to go deeper with. But yeah, let me know if you give it a shot. Let me know what kind of abundance and joy the Venus and Leo trying Jupiter and Aries brings your way. If you feel like sharing where Gemini is in your chart and what you think it's going to bring for you and how you're preparing for that long transit, I would love to hear about it. There will be a post on my Instagram page at damnfinewitch. And thank you so much for listening. I hope this was helpful. I hope it's given you some tips and ideas on how to navigate the Mars and Gemini transit. I'm sure we'll talk about it again since it is happening for so long. But until next time, everyone, I will catch you in the cosmos. <laughs>